You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. To Axe to Grind, the hardcore podcast. My name's Bob. And I'm Tom. Oh, I did my name. I'm supposed to. I'm it's all right. Uh okay. hey guys. Um guess who's not here, Tom? The stir that's the straw that stirs the drink. As or he like, refers to himself. Oh, he loves that. Yeah. Yeah. The uh the battery acid that drips in the pool. The uh Albany fly that gets in your butter, the uh, the humid weather on a cool fall day. Patrick's not here. Uh, we're soldiering on. He decided to go on tour. Some small band called Thrice decided to take his uh, acoustic folk punk band on tour. Um, so cool. I hope they're having a fun time um, here. They're catching trains from gig to gig. Uh, oh, is he but, doing that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, does he watch Jeremy as he records his podcast? Yo, I think he does. It's like it's like one of those things. He's sitting there with a bag of like vegan Doritos, popping them, and he's watching. Right, and I mean, like, hmm, what's that like? Yeah, Jeremy just grinding, doing the work. So, uh, shout out to our compatriot here, hearing good things from the road. If you get a chance to go see Self Defense on the road with Thrice and Touche, please do so. Um, check dates online. Seems to be doing very well. Yeah, seems like it. I, I'm happy with it. I think they're playing six songs, but they're they're longer songs, so you get your money's worth. Um, and uh, yeah, live reaction seems like it's been good. Uh, Tom, let's talk sponsors real quick. Today is one of those days where we do the "Hey, we love you all" style shoutouts and keep it tight. Shout out to Deathwish Inc. Thank you, Deathwishinc.com. Uh, we're not even doing anything big. Converge Blood Moon. Who's who sings on that, Tom? So it's it's Converge with Stephen Brodsky and Chelsea Mo- Chelsea Wolf. Damn. All right, we're going to talk about that more later. Yeah. Go check that out. Deathwishing.com. To live a lie. To live a lie. dot com. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm used to Pat filling in some of the gaps. I know. I'll, I'll try to do some. I'm going to do Pat voice. Like, I don't even know how different it is in register. He's got a, it's a little different, but uh, to live a lot, go get go get some stuff. Run for cover records. Run for cover records.com. Um, I'm trying to think what what the, the new Mac Faverscan record is out. Uh, Swedish band who has been around for a minute. Um, we'll I never knew. I, I enjoy their, their records quite a lot. Yeah. And I never know how to say the name like an yeah. ignorant American that I am. Mac Faverscan. Not yeah. as hard as we would think, but you see those letters all together. And there's no vowels. Yeah. yeah. We're like, oh, um, run for cover records.com. Go get it. Last, certainly not least, closed casket activities. 
closedcasketactivities.com. They have a lot of stuff coming up. Lots I don't stuff. know what it is, but he had a lot of test presses piled up. Yo, was that such a good tease, though, right? It's such a good tease because people will, will screenshot it and then try to, like, look and be like, you know, product of Czechoslovakia, you know, Czech Republic and try to see like it's like CCA 172 fucking Slayer or whatever. But they <laughs> you can never tell. He's good. He's really good. I like the teases, uh, everybody. So everybody go check out their websites. Follow all our friends on social media. Uh, thank you for the support. Um, we, we kept these ads tight. But one of the things that's not an ad, but that is um, friends supporting friends, we have been supported by so, so many people. Um, you know what's really nice, Tom? Patrick is more effusive with his praise here for our listeners than he normally is. And I think that's you and I rubbing off on him. So that's really cool. Right? Yeah. You know, like, we're teaching I think we're, yeah, show him, show the way. Um, bunch of different bands have supported us a lot people etc etc one of the big events that supported us from the jump is Promcore, and i wanted to hand it over to you their their show is coming up very soon that is correct first of all before we even get to that i, I wanted to uh give a shout out to time pressure yes we'll be playing but they're also breaking up and and a lot of people are very upset by that so I believe this, they have one local show and this are their last two yep. shows. So, um, so Promcore, yeah, yeah. It just, a lot of people were very upset. So thank you for your support, your, your service to hardcore. Great band. Um, they were sad to see you go, but I know sometimes adult life pulls you in different directions. So, um, so Promcore in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm. And in honor of this, I watched the outsiders last night. Nice. Good work. Hadn't seen it in a very long time. Still, still a great movie, man. I think it holds up. I don't. Did you know? And th- now any of the bands that are listening to this that are playing. Oh, you probably know this already. Um, Perfect World and those dudes better to go do this. So Danny Boy O'Connor from House of Pain. Yes. Bought the Outsiders house. What? And now it's an Outsiders museum in Tulsa. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. So it's like where they all live. Yeah. Um, it's 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 a great movie. And I liked it as a kid and watching it. I watched it literally last night and it's still fucking awesome. It's still so good. And punk and hardcore stole so much shit from that indecision included. So shout out uh, 731 Curtis Brothers Lane in Tulsa. So is that what it's called? That's that's the address. <laughs> well, that's a new. Yeah, right. That's where Dolly and Pony Boy and Soda Pop lived. So, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's a movie I haven't watched in a while. I think I'm going to have to put that on my. I it's on know. HBO. It, I was like flipping through and I was like, you know what? This is we were talking about like comfort bands and comfort movies oh, yeah. and stuff. That's a comfort movie. And I watched it last night and I was like, I really got to go throughout this recycling. I'm like, yeah, but Johnny's going to stab the greaser. They're going to stab the so soon. So I can't really leave right now. Um, so, again, so October 22nd and 23rd, Friday and a Saturday at the Vanguard in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm. Uh, the Friday, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the Friday uh, lineup from opener to headliner, take it to heart, gagging order, sanity slip, three poisons, rot, strangle you, Fox Lake, gum, flashback, mind's eye, omerta, sledge, and scowl. Nice. Scowl's killing it out there. Yeah, straight up. Saturday, longer day, obviously. So this is the 23rd, also at the Vanguard in Tulsa. Caustic, prevention, 
Fist of Fury, End on End, Blind Idol, Gates to Hell, While God, While God Sleeps, which is a good name, Bitter, Bitter Truth, Pickwick Commons, Discourage, Life Force, Fixation, Perfect World, In Love, Ballista, Chemical Fix, Cell, Constraint, Rejection Pact, Time and Pressure, Upright, Fame, Karma, Purgatory, and Zulu Headlining. Saturday. Wow. Big, that's a big fucking, that'll be fun. That's really cool. Um, you yeah. know, what, what I really appreciate about prom court is that it is a pretty big representation of bands in the middle of the country. Oh, Hey, maybe that's a good uh, tie in for today's topic and uh-huh. uh, all over, but um, really cool. Uh, a lot of newer bands. And I think that's awesome. Uh, showing that support, not being afraid to put newer bands up towards the top of the bill saying hey this is this is what's now this is what matters so big shout out to that um one of the things that you know to to read the the boilerplate but when boilerplate matters i think it's it's cool um promcore is an annual punk and hardcore fest that is a benefit for oklahomans for equality since 1980 oklahomans for equality seeks equal rights for lgbtq plus individuals and families through intersectional advocacy, education, programs, alliances, and the operation of the Dennis R. Neal Equality Center. Yo, that's really cool. Oh, yeah. Like, um, yo, just, just as a thing, don't... If, if you're trying to do something and you're bored or you don't have something to do, look into things like this. Look into doing stuff like this. It doesn't matter how you get involved. Maybe you go volunteer your time or maybe you put on a show and make it a benefit. And if you raise 10 bucks or 10,000 bucks, um, anything in between, that's a step in the right direction. So shout out, shout out to Promcore, October 22nd and 23rd. Pretty sure there's a pre-show on Thursday, October 21st at the Legion. So um, look online for that. Everybody go check that out. Tom, how are we feeling today? <laughs> do you want the real answer? Uh, yeah. You can get, yeah. Let's be real. We'll do we'll we'll make next episode we'll go and everybody who's listening every week, next episode we'll do like uh roses and sunshine. Got it. Well, I'm this I'm partially glad Pat's not here right now. Mm. So he couldn't get in his Joe Rogan John Joseph bag. <laughs> okay. Um, but your fully vaccinated boy got COVID. Yo. Yo, see pretty sure I caught it at a show. Oh boy. Don't you know? Well, um, yo, let's use this as a uh, as a learning tale for people. PSA, yeah, PSA. Yeah. Yo, um, PSA ten. This is you can catch it. Um, guess what? That's vaccines. Uh, as Bradley Beal maybe told us, hey, you know, I thought you got vaccinated and you couldn't catch it. No, that's not what they do. That's not true. Um, not true. Not how oh, vaccines yeah. work. But how are you feeling? That's the most important question. Yeah, I mean, it's not <clears throat> it's not really all that bad not to be like, and I took ivermectin like fucking John, like Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. But I'm thankful that I was vaccinated because like I'm not the youngest guy in the world and I'm, you know, not in the best shape. Right. So like this, I mean, people, you know, and, and you know, not too far afield from me have died from this. People that we know, pe- hardcore people. Yeah. So like. You know, before like the vaccines were out and stuff like that. That's right. So like, I'm very, very thankful for science because yeah. you might be doing a fucking a memorial show at some point Jesus after this. Christ. That's serious, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, it's sort of um, 
no, I lost smell and taste. Okay. Um, it feels like a sinus, like a sinus infection. Okay. Yeah. My version. I mean, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be, you know. Um, but thankfully, I have like no problem breathing. No, tr- like, none of like the major things that they're looking for. Yeah, the scary, uh, things, the really scary thing, the really scary shit. Yeah, the things that like make my entire family all call me individually every day. <laughs> and that which is cool. Thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's better. Yeah, it's better than the alternative. But uh, yeah, so like, I found out the end of last week, and I was like, oh, well, good thing I'm a hermit. So like, right. it wasn't hard right. to be like. Well, it was either then or then. That was it. Right. Ugh, and then, well, then yeah. So like when they test, when you test positive, at least in New York, that information is shared with like your local like health department. So like I got calls from like the health department <clears throat> being like, so, you know, you test positive. Let me ask you these 17 million questions. And they're like, you know, <clears throat> where'd you go? And I named like two places and they're like, um, can we have a list of all the people that you you, you were with like you hung out with in the last week yeah and i was like well it was, it was i i was like i work from home and i haven't been out since the 22nd so um here is the two people that i've seen since then and i was like i've already spoken to them and they've tested negative but like yeah. <laughs> that's but, really it i'm like thankfully that i'm not social because it would make my life a lot more difficult this was like i've been two places in the last two weeks and i've seen three people and that was it um <clears throat> most importantly Good thing that you're feeling good. Uh, this should be a good reminder because you're right. You're totally right, and and I think it's uh, it's taken for granted. We're not going to spend the whole day talking about COVID, but it's taken for granted the difference between having a minor case where it's a hindrance, it's a bother, it's annoying, you don't feel great for a while, and going to the hospital and having something really yeah. serious happen in your life. You know, so yeah, uh, I mean, I think, you know, yeah, it's brutal. I mean, what I would do, my only piece of advice is even if you don't think you have it, get checked anyway. Yeah. Cause I legitimately, I was like, I was like, I had like, <clears throat> you ever have like the onset of like a summer cold mm-hmm. that takes like four days to really kick in? And you're like, yeah. fuck, I can feel myself getting sick. I'm going to OD on like orange juice and like <laughs> vitamin D. Yes, 100%. Like you can be like, oh, my throat's a little scratchy. Oh, man. Like, it's gonna suck and then it like either happens or it doesn't that's what it felt like so and then like i was in like a work meeting and they're like oh you can do this to get tested and i was like you know what i went to like a fucking wrestling show with twenty thousand people yeah oh you give it a shot yeah why not and i was right. like oh did not expect that answer you know so if you have the ability you know or the insurance whatever i mean most places don't don't charge you yep if you've been around a ton of people and you're gonna see People that are at risk or other family members, or whatever, like elderly or whatever. Yep. Take the time. Seriously. It's because you'd never know. I would have walked around with this thing thinking like this fucking cold will not go away. Right. And and, and you personally probably would have hit the same wall that you are hitting now. Not like, you know, not not terrible, but like, man, and eventually it goes away and you go, oh, I just had a cold. But yeah. And if I would have been in people. Into. Right. Yeah. You know, so that's oh. my tale of woe. Well, yo, uh, I am feeling fine. I uh, have not Good. been been uh, sick, but I'm waiting for something to kick in, be it allergies, flu, etc. And uh, and now the the pending onset of like, oh shit, do I have COVID now too? So um, that's not fun. Tom, you know what is fun? Hardcore. 
hardcore. Hardcore is fun. Uh, and we are doing something special because there is uh, typically a, a P, a B, and a T. And we have no P, so it is TB. And um, when I think of TB, I think of Tom and Bob, of course. But I also think of... Oh, I didn't uh, even think of that. Yeah, the, oh, yeah. TB12, uh, Tom Brady, number 12. Uh, the vegan not, warrior. Yeah, yeah, neither of us are, are New England Patriot or Tampa Bay Buccaneer fans. Um, but yo, he's, he's the greatest quarterback of all time, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that's really hard to argue against. Like I'm a, I'm a John Elway is my favorite football player, maybe favorite athlete of all time. And, uh, I still can't say he's the best because Tom Brady has seven Super Bowl rings. And by the time it's all over with, not only will he have every record, but it'll be by like a wide margin. So, um, so in, in honor of all the greatest and good things and great things, uh, we have TB, Tom and Bob, 12, <laughs> TB, 12, where we're going to do uh, a little thing where we're going to, and we'll see, maybe we'll, we'll add uh, uh, PTB sounds like um, some sort of a test. So when Patrick does come back, we'll figure it out. But TB, 12, and today's TB, 12, 12 of our favorite, best, whatever you might put it, 12 of our favorite Midwest bands. Um, yeah. And I needed um, Bob to, to kind of give me the parameters to me, like anything West of like Newark and East <laughs> of like LA is the Midwest to me. And that's probably not fair. Well, yo, you're, you're just that New Yorker cover, right? The, uh, the famous one where like, it shows the a New Yorkers view of the, the world. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like uh, New York, it's the city. It's here's all the, you know, Broadway and you know, whatever. And then it's, New Jersey, and then it's the Midwest, California, and the Pacific Ocean. Um, yeah, I mean, if you were like Stroudsburg would count, they'd go, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> well, uh, so um, because this is also uh, low-key a geography podcast, uh, as as you may not have caught because we we get real geeked out on it. Uh, the first thing I did was send Tom a, Tom a map that I outlined what we're counting as the Midwest. So um, <laughs> we are counting Kentucky because the major cities in Kentucky basically consider themselves halfway Midwest. And I've seen uh, Louisville bands refer to themselves as Midwestern bands. So that works. Despite the fact that Erie and Pittsburgh feel very Midwestern, we're going to keep Pennsylvania in the Northeast or the Mid-Atlantic. Um, despite the fact that once you get out to Western Pennsylvania, you might as well be in the Midwest. The Midwest, for our definition, starts in Ohio, goes all the way across, and we're we're allowing part of Kansas, we're allowing Nebraska, the Dakotas, Minnesota, Michigan, um, and going down. Cut off at Arkansas. Will Arkansas be part of the South? And uh, Missouri is both part of the South and Midwest. Um, Kentucky, part of the South and Midwest. Tennessee, not a part of the Midwest, part of the South. So um, that's our geographic definitions. Tom, we talk a lot about New York bands. Yes. I think people understand why. Um, both geographic leanings, uh, because we're all centered from here, uh, all grew up going to shows here. You literally uh, are a New York hardcore guy. I am. Um, we... Uh, we we have some leanings, obviously, but low key, one of the bands that the three of us talk about kind of a lot 
is negative approach. Like, yeah, like they get referenced by us on the podcast, but like maybe even more off air. Like we talk negative approach is just like an incredible band. So, um, you know, we figured it was a good time to show love to Midwest band bands from jump to now we're going to include hardcore and hardcore adjacent, um, and give you our 12, 12 favorites. I don't know if yours is in any particular order, Tom, uh, let's, let's go back and forth. You want to kick us off? Sure. Yeah. I mean, mine, like I sort of like went around the map because I really wanted to think and be like, all right, like maybe they don't jump out to you right off the bat, but like, think of this town, think of this state and like, really think about it. Okay. And because like, if you were like Wisconsin, you'd be like, Oh fuck. I don't know. But like I came up with one from Wisconsin. Okay. Um, okay. All right. So my first one, which is it, this is in no real order, but I, if it was, I think this would be number one to me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, maybe number two. Okay. We're going to go to Cleveland. We're going to Taggarty. Yeah. Right. They're also I mean, on my list. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so when we, when we double up, we'll, we'll just both talk on it now. Um, what, what can, be said about integrity that hasn't been said um when's the did you see them in the 90s yes okay where (laughs) funny enough albany new york (laughs) ah that's right because um if you've ever been on the internet ever um they weren't allowed to play new york city proper yes this is this was common knowledge even in the 90s yeah oh yeah if you were into like, hardcore and you weren't like real fresh, fresh, you knew, oh, integrity can't play New York. Oh, why? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. you know, there's some problems. There's so. some stuff. Yeah. Um, they actually were on a flyer at CB's with Hatebreed and Shutdown. I remember, and I remember going just because, like, because it was Hatebreed and Shutdown. And it was them and One Life Crew. And I was like, yep. there's like no way these dudes are showing up, right? Like, even then I knew that it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Spoiler alert, they didn't show up. But they were on the flyer. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah. So we were playing um, a Saturday in New Paltz, and we were all dying to see. This is 96. So this is on Humanity, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all really want to see them. So we drove up the night before, saw them at the QE2. Wow. Um, I talked to Dwid. He had um, all white contacts on. <laughs> and I go, what the fuck's going on in your eyes, man? He's like, oh, my friend works for the X-Files. Oh, interesting. I wonder if that's true or if he just made that up. I mean, if he, he it was right at his, the tip of his tongue. So it, if he made that up, he's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really he good. He was very nice. Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road. See, I, cool. thought, I thought like weird contact lens with started maybe like a couple years later, but it makes sense. 96. Man, when did but it was it- as if he had no pupils and no irises. Yeah, that's really weird, man. Um how were they? Um, to memory, they weren't as good as I was expecting. And this was like the legit lineup too. This was like oh, the yeah. brothers and everything. Yep, Melnick. Yep. Um, his voice is a little too like 
wasn't as cutting as I was expecting it to be. Okay. It was kind of like more gravel. Right, 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 right. And it wasn't like I expected it to be like, you know, like more screaming, like not like in that low register, but like it was very kind of like garbled. Um, but it was cool. I mean, it was so awesome to see them because I was like, I'll never, I may never see them again. So this was cool. Yeah, and like they might have played like cool. Jersey, like right before, like I didn't, I wasn't able to get there, whatever the fuck the story was, maybe at Middlesex, whatever. So no, but they weren't allowed play, to play the five boroughs. No, so. they weren't allowed to play the five boroughs, and they played, they play Middlesex. I want to say it's pretty early. It's not like 91, but I think it's like 92, 93, maybe 94, but I think it's before that. I think it was earlier. I thought so too. Yeah. And um and Dwid came out, I believe legend goes, and and I'm there's definitely someone listening to this podcast who's there, so correct me if I'm wrong. Um, because this is like second or third hand story that I've heard. He came out wearing a really weird off color integrity or uh, youth of today, youth crew 88 shirt. So the youth crew 88 shirts are the, the uh, youth crew across America shirts it's from the uh, tour they did in 1988, where they went across right. the whole country. They brought the screens in the van with them. So when they'd run out of shirts, they'd stop somewhere, maybe yeah, find someone. With, get. Yeah. Get whatever they can get, find someone print the shirts stop see if they knew somebody with a, who worked at a shop or figured it out see what they could do um obviously there's that happened in cleveland he got some weird one-off shirt and came out and was wearing it was like one of those things maybe threw it off you know again a big thing for the shirt collectors out there um yeah i, I integrity came into being an important band for me pretty early i've talked about it before but for somebody who hasn't listened to you know all almost 200 episodes um what else you've been doing right where you at uh get, get in there i always was looking for a harder metal influenced hardcore band that, that fit what i wanted and integrity kind of kind of hit it right off and for a lot of people it's not super metal, but that's not what I was looking for. And it was like, they just went that level beyond judge on bringing it down, which is the easy comparison, but it fits so well. Like they just took on those of here tomorrow. Certainly they just went maybe two steps further over and um, really nasty, ugly music. I really get like, we can talk about how there's an entire integrity core world. I think everybody kind of knows that if you aren't, look into it there's just a ton of bands who do that sound um but i get it like if a crust kid said i want to get into heavier hardcore this is one of the first bands you can them right yeah i mean i think with their kind of with integrity's known love for like japanese hardcore and stuff yeah like this is like the perfect it's like it's fast it's, enough. They 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 yeah. do some of the metal stuff. It's a little but moshy, but like no. it's not it's not too like testosterone over here. That's true. That's true. You know. Um it's weird. It's it's so so we have also done I think we did a whole episode where we really kind of dug into the integrity thing, but they're a band who I think really deserves the attention. I have to admit. The last record on Relapse, I think I listened to it once when it came out and I haven't revisited. I need to. I really need to give it a chance. I've heard good things about it. Yeah, People yeah. seem to like it, you know? Yeah. I mean, they're a band that you can kind of jump on and jump off as much as often as you'd like. Yes. Because I feel like 
Do you, are there only like three records you really need to know? Yeah. Need. Yeah, I think so. I think need. You know what I mean? Sure. It's that yeah. like 91 through 96 <laughs> era. You pick, you pick those, you get those, um, especially that, that systems overload remix remaster the whole thing. That's people love that. And I, I listened, I was like, Oh yeah, this does sound better. Um, but, but yeah, like, like I think you're a fan too, but like the 2003 reunion record, the to die for record. Like, I like that. I think that's good. Oh yeah. Um, I've heard a few of the records after some good stuff, some stuff that loses me, but, um, still a cool band. band. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I think, I mean, literally, literally. And just like, they're not trying to sound like, you know, those of you tomorrow. Yeah. And I, I mean, is those who fear tomorrow, your favorite of their records? Um, or is it humanity or system? I mean, it might be humanity. Okay. Okay. But those who are tomorrow is pretty fucking great, but I think humanity is just so like concise. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a like lot. you put on hollow for anybody that likes heavy music. You're like, yep, I get it. Yeah. I, um, I'm an all in for, uh, those who fear tomorrow guy, but it's kind of their only record that sounds like that, you know, like it's not, yeah. You go from there and there's stuff that's obviously it's still the same band, but it's not. They're doing more. They're, they actually get faster. You know, yeah. um, those of you tomorrow, tomorrow is a lot stompier and kind of more mid tempo and <sighs> dirging without being true dirges, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, no, that makes sense. All right. I, I actually added integrity howling um, for the nightmare shall consume the 2017 relapse to be on my listen to list. Shout so, out to uh, Dr. Romeo. Yes. Yeah. Shout Call out player to on that. Mr. A389. Um, but, all right. So you nailed integrity. They're, if not number two for me, they're right in there. Uh, I think I'm going to do number one really quick. Just knock it out. Sure. Negative approach. That was number one. Um, what do you say? So like, like uh, if you're building a house of hardcore, um, they're one of the first couple bricks. Easily. Yeah, I mean they might they might be the all the wood in the house, you know what I mean? Like um I like minor threat more. Negative approach might be more important structurally for the sound of hardcore than minor threat. I can for see the, that for the average band, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. How many bands come around that you go, oh, they sound like minor threat, but with this or this? Not many. How many bands do you say? Oh, it sounds kind of like negative approach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they both the singers make them different, but I think it's yep. people. I feel like Ian McKay is like almost impossible to mimic. It's very hard. But I think like John, I mean, John Brandon's voice is incredible, but you can like kind of get close enough. You can go burly, right? You can get you can get burly on that, yeah. you know, and you can do it. Um so I think uh, one of the top five hardcore seven inches of all time, um, probably. Oh, yeah. And then I would say tied down. Like, man, might be in the top. For me, it's like a top 15, maybe top 20 on a bad day. Hardcore 12 inch, you know, like. LP. Oh, yeah. Like it's so good, and it's like 
tied down is only inferior when compared to the seven inch and even right. that and like right. i'm i'm a pretty big tied down dude like there's days where you catch me i'm like man i just love the sound of tied down and the fact that they they kind of they didn't develop the sound develops right it's not pure blasts at that point but they're just damn man they're just uh killer you want um, a hot take yeah hit it negative approach better than black flag we'll talk about that all the time but that's my take shot for shot yeah. negative approach is better than black flag black flag has a lot of bullshit and negative approach doesn't wow i mean that's why minus threat is no- as important as it is because minus threat has no shit no, I mean, like, yo, even here's the thing. You want to be a critic of minor threat. Let's be critical of minor threat. Uh, guilty of being white eh, doesn't age well. No, no. Has to, like, you have to explain context. Even the context doesn't hold up that well. No. But it's like, okay. Cash in, corny song. Yeah. Right. Not, not the best. Otherwise, it's like, uh, you know, uh, you know, even good guys don't wear white. Fun song, you know? Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Like you, you covered a monkey's cut song and it's awesome. Right. Right. So like stepping stone. Come on. So negative approach. Um, flawless victory. Like right? seven inch and tied down. Just about perfect. Um, strange. Uh, not long ago, a buddy sent me the um, there was a negative approach like like demos kind of like odd recording that was released in maybe 2000 i don't know 2008 2009 2010 yeah. something like that sure and um oh yeah it's uh it's friend friends of no one it's released in 2010 it's fine it's like good it's from uh demo sessions from uh, right after the lp maybe um oh okay Yo, it's it's worth checking out. And I have to admit, I remember it came out. It has a terrible cartoon cover in like bright colors. Like uh, it's it's a lot. It's like a drawing of negative approach with John Brandon singing, and he's wearing the negative approach shirt and like the seven inch cover shirt. And there's like a punker with a red mohawk, and it's just like it's too oh, much. No. Yeah, it's not what I want. But then, it's like when they read the, the the seven inch cover, correct. But then you listen and you're like, oh, yo, this is this is good. Is it like still, they fucked themselves up? Yeah, it's light years behind the seven inch and LP. But I still give them a flawless victory discography. I don't think there's a bad negative approach song. Period. Like it's just <laughs> fucking great. So, um, Wow, that's a great hot take. We don't have to get into it now, but I think no. that's, we, we need to explore that on its own episode. Negative Approach versus Black Flag, and you're voting Negative Approach. Their consistency is way higher. Uh, there's no there's no in my head. There's no uh, process of weeding out. There's no bullshit. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Negative Give approach. me John Brandon over Henry Rollins any goddamn day. <laughs> All right. Uh, you're up. What's your next one? Midwest All right. Um, where, where do we want to go? Like, I just, I have, there, there's no rhyme and or reason. To no, any of I, I don't have any rhyme or reason either. Um, so just take us somewhere and we'll, we'll give it a quickie. All right. So we'll go. Um, all right. Here's well, my first stop in Louisville. Yes. A band that I love that I felt the first seven inch and that first LP are some of my favorite records. 
of mm. of the time period? Yes. By the grace of God. Tom, are you going to be surprised that they also made my list? Yes. I would not have expected that because I feel like people are an endpoint. Like, I feel like endpoint is like yeah. the band that people like go to for Rob Pennington. But I kind of think by the grace of God is better. By the grace of God is just straight up is uh, unequivocally better. Uh, not to say I don't like some endpoint too. Um, and I actually sure. get if you're from the region endpoint might have more significance in that, like forefather way, you know, like yeah. not, you know, like King horse or whatever, like bands that sure, are like, sure, sure. Yeah. But, but um, by the grace of God, um, okay, here's my two takes on it. Um, I don't think either's too hot. This one's a little, the second is a little hotter. This one's a little just like by the grace of God is to me what I always wished shit like Boy Sets Fire sounded like. And it just didn't because Boy Sets Fire seemed like the boneless version of by the grace of God. Like by the grace of God, melodic, emotional, but like still had teeth. You know, and Rob's got his own, he got a very signature voice. I think this is where it works best. And I, I, it was, he sang in Black Cross, right? Yep. This is his peak. I think he's maybe technically a better singer by Black Cross on the perspective LP. I just think it's like perfect. I think it sounds great. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think they're probably lost to the sands of time for a lot of younger folks, but like no question it's mosh it's it's fucking great he's a great lyric writer um yeah if you haven't checked out by the grace of god either um uh for, for the, the love, love of indie rock, rock or which i think was a shot of chamberlain if i remember correctly yes there it was, was either chamberlain or a shot at the Enkindles, but i think it was chamberlain yeah <laughs> oh no it couldn't have been the Enkindles because the singer from the Enkindles intro intros the record and the singer of the Kindles is in by the grace of God. So is it the singer? There's there's some shared no, membership. But that's more bricky. Uh, is it? No. But yeah, I no. think it was yeah, a yeah. shot against it was like when Split Lip became Chamberlain. Oh, they were like I think like that. a jokingly like waka waka, like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Piss take. Yeah. Um my other take is that by the grace of God synthesized the new age sound and the victory sound. Um, yeah, and uh, maybe wrote the. This is a very '90s sounding record, but I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that in a they do a lot of things that were signatures of the '90s that I think actually worked really well, um, and I think they do them very well on this record. Um, yeah, they weren't trite. Yeah, 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 because it was like they were creating some bad stuff, you know, like. Now it sounds like, oh, here we go. Yeah, I, I just, it's, um, so I was a big fan. I mean, I'm from New Jersey and I still repped Floor Punch more than, than By the Grace of God, per se. Oh, yeah. But, but sure. I liked By the Grace of God. I thought it was a really good band. And I thought, like, even at the time, I was so interested in what they were doing and it kind of sounded like its own thing. So, uh, perspective, to me, I like the LP more than the Seven Inch, but Seven Inch is good. The LP just pulled me in because I, I think there's, I think it's a well done hardcore LP, and that's that's not especially in this era not always an easy thing to pull off. I don't think. No, no. Yo, great pick. All right, by the grace of God. All right, all right. Uh, my next one. Um, I'm actually going to stay in Louisville, and but I'm going to go back in time. 
for the band, but not for me, because this was a band who I fell in love with since the start of Axe to Grind. Um, and that is the band Squirrel Bait. Who, wow, okay. Yo, um, a band I was familiar with, but like never gave the fair shake because of their stupid name. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> sounds somewhere between like, it's like that faster punk kind of Husker Du sound and alternative stuff. The song Sun God is one of the best like like I, I just think it's an incredible song like um the dude's it's it's got this weird like crescendo triumphant part the dude's voice vaguely has like kurt cobain elements um that pull me in and i think this is like a band who is super easy to write off because their name is squirrel bait and if you're not from louisville that might not mean anything to you you might just be like oh squirrel bait uh. um but this is a Gorilla Biscuits situation. You should be checking out this band. I think they're doing stuff in the mid-80s that um, other bands were low-key, like, yo, this is cool. Let's do this on our side. And I could have seen influencing a lot of like the more melodic late 80s hardcore. Um, so yeah, I think Squirrel Bait is an awesome band and definitely one of my 12, like, 12 favorite Midwest bands. So, yeah. wow. Some of the dudes went on to Slint. That's right. That gives you any. And the Lemonheads did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yo, this, they were a like low key, really important band. <laughs> um, and only from doing Axe to Grind, uh, talked to some shout out to my dude, Dave Murphy, who really put me on to him. But then other Louisville heads, heads hit me up and were like, yo, that band, that's the band, them, King Horse, et cetera. But they're like Squirrel Bait's the early, they're like the early mid 80s yeah. Louisville hardcore punk band who was doing anything. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the story on some of these other bands will hit. But like, yeah, that's so cool. And, and their sound is their own. But if you like more melodic stuff, if you like, yo, if you like uh, Husker Du, if you like 90s alt-rock, if you like the Lemonheads, if you like melodic punk, if you like anything in the pop punk or modern era, you should give Squirrel Bait uh, a chance. Wow. All right. Hit us. Ringing endorsement. Boom, boom. All right. I'm going to go a little bit <laughs> more current, but not very. Yes, please. Um, we'll mix it up so it's not just like, and here's another band because I I have a ton of bands that was like in 1986 I, they put out their third LP. I don't want to do that. Right now. I know it's hard for me. I I yeah. I I no have, no no. It's me too. I have them on here. Like it's like yeah. oh this is an old band. I um, have an honorable like, mention list so we can get some more current shit too though. Good. Okay. So I'm gonna go. Um, we're gonna go farther west, and I'm gonna go to Modern Life is War, Marshalltown, Iowa. Oh man, oh. I, I think you know what like those. Early, those first two records at least are like modern day classics to me. They I know um, not for everybody, but and one of the, one of the more intense, engaging live bands I've ever seen. You know, I think they became like uh, like it's <clears throat> I was about to call them the bane of the Midwest. And I think that's actually diminishing. Like that's not they're they're worth more than that, which I was saying that like in a very glowing way, like, yo, 
being the bane of anywhere seems like it's a pretty big thing, you know? Pretty good place to be, yeah. Yeah, but but like they they kind of superseded that. Like I think that at least for a time for a time they were name checked as a important reference for hardcore bands and then bands who were trying to do things slightly out of hardcore too. And yeah, the now, defeaters, the touches, all those bands, I think. Would note Modern Life is War as being a band who it's like, hey, they made me realize I could do an aggressive band that was highly emotive, you know? Right. And melodic and yeah. But so uh, and and yo, I mean, uh, I know there's a lot of people who talk about the like mid 2000s, the 06 to 09, like melodic hardcore wave. Whether they'll cop to it or not, Modern Life, well, whether the people would cop to it or not, I think Modern Life is War has more influence on that stuff than than many people will acknowledge. So uh, shout out to them for sure. And still, I think still kind of like not not active, active, but like maybe they'll they just play the record. show. I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah, in, I think in Iowa shows. Did they in in Marshalltown? I don't think it was Marshalltown. Okay. Wasn't Des Moines. But I feel like they did another show like with like local punk bands, like in the last, you know, over the summer, if anything. Yeah, I feel that. I, I think it's I mean, yo, I didn't outside of Des Moines, I couldn't name another place in Iowa. And I'm a Ames. Ames. Oh, yeah. That's job. all I got. All right, there you go. I'm a to- but I mean honestly one other, but but yo, like Marshalltown, like how do how come everybody Everybody in hardcore knows what that city is now. You know that I could have picked quote the, yeah. unquote, city town. You know, yeah, I would never have known Marshalltown if the, if it wasn't for them. Yeah. Um, and I always say, literally, them at five thirty eight Johnson to this day is one of the top five live shows I've ever been to in my entire life. Wow, that's big. Like legitimately, like that. I was like, this is. I was like, it's up there with like GB at like the the reunion at CBs and like fucking. Right. Like Andrew WK at Furnace Fest, just like which was just energy. chaos. Like it was yeah. just like not saying like Andrew WK is like the best band in the world or whatever, but like that show where there's like three thousand people that are so hyped to see this dude. Yeah, and he's like so psyched. He was like, you know, chain like doing everyone's outgoing voicemails on their cell phones and stuff. <laughs> and like he got up there and like would wear a different shirt of a band during every song. Like he, it was like the most like, we love you, he loves us kind of deal that I've ever seen for a, a music act ever. But yeah. Modern Life is War and the big one of the big apartments at Five Thirty Eight Johnson was legitimately one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my entire life. Like no exaggeration. Yeah. So we deride on the you know loft punk scene, but that's not what we're talking about. In the mid, it was a hardcore show. Yeah, yeah, in the mid 2000s when some of those folks were doing hardcore shows in these spots if it was a good show it became super good if it was a super good show it became legendary and I think that's what that Modern Life is War show was. Yeah, I mean it was like like you know imagine you know you like at someone's like living quarters. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's not a house. Let's be realistic. You're living in a fucking old you know yeah, industrial yeah, yeah. you know they probably made like rivets or something but like imagine 400 people in your living room because that's what the fuck it was yeah like human Damn. beings everywhere you could see just falling over on each other oh yeah it was incredible all right um so i'm going to piggyback off that the idea of the live experience and being so important i'm going to do two bands at once because i think it's and keep the keep the wheels moving there um nine shocks terror 
and Gordon Sully motherfuckers. Okay. So I want to say two things. Ohio? Ohio. Cleveland. 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 <clears throat> That's right. What a weird town. What a weird town. Nine Shocks Terror on recording holds up. Um, talked about them before, but probably not enough. They were, I mean, they're named after a lip cream LP, so they have some Japanese hardcore influences, I would say, just a touch. Yeah. Um, but with this also really Cleveland idea and like acknowledgement of rock and rhythm and how to like, like almost nothing makes my skin crawl, like the idea of punk and roll or like punk bands are like, yeah, but we're kind of like, we have a lot more rock influences on this record. I'm like, oh shit. That's like a cool. turbo negro. Got it. Right. Or just, just like, yo, you're going to, you're going to fuck up whatever energy you have. When bands hit it and do it right, can be really d- well done. Nine Shocks Terror did it from jump, basically, where fast, kind of shreddy hardcore, the really throaty vocalist, and then licks. Like they could just jam and uh, really big riffs, but like not in that like Van Halen way, more in a like, Hey, we're just gonna do some shit here that's gonna make you like bob your head and like feel this song, um, even though it's it's kind of raging by. Um, and they were a very awesome live band. Singer Lean Steve uh, was known for being a nut and just put on a great show. Whole thing. I saw him the day after September 11th in New Jersey. Um, Tom in a space called Joyce Kilmer. That, yeah, yeah. That was, I mean, it was about the size of your apartment, maybe a little smaller, you know? Yeah. Um, and it was totally nuts. There's a video up on YouTube, so people should go watch that. Um, it was, they were awesome. But I'm grouping them with Gordon Soli motherfuckers because Tony Erber was in both bands. Tony Erber sang for Gordon Soli. Nine Shocks Terror by my estimation, miles better than Gordon Soli on record. But Gordon Soli live was off the fucking chain. <laughs> um, Urba just went nuts, um, brought a lot of energy. The music was basically kind of perfectly crafted for that fast punk hardcore show, like everybody go nuts. And people would go crazy and do crazy stuff during the show. And like, I'm not one for gimmick shit. You know, um, I was actually talking with a friend about the band Haymaker and uh, they shared a story about Haymaker bringing uh, two sets of amps to a show. So they had the shitty ones so they could break those, you know, um, play with the good ones. But but um, but also, you know what? If you put on a good show and people go nuts, I'm not mad. I, I, if you put on a spectacle and it's fun, Gordon Soli did that. I saw him at their uh, the Easter show. They did a legendary show in, on Easter. It was Kill the Man Who Questions, No Justice, Dead Nation, and Gordon Soli. And uh, we'll have to get some other characters on to tell the story, but it was one of the most out-of-control shows I ever saw um, on a very depressing, weird Easter Sunday in Cleveland 
when it felt like we were the only people and people at that show were the only people out on the streets in Cleveland. Um, so that was enough that I was like, yo, this band is awesome. Uh, I went to their last show a couple years later, uh, same spot speaking tongues. And, uh, I, we actually, a bunch of us from New Jersey would drive to Cleveland for shows. I think we did at least two, maybe three drove out there to see this Japanese band exclaim play once. Um, but there were always awesome shows. The Gordon Sully motherfuckers last show was one of these shows, Tom, where I was, maybe I'd turned 20, but I might've been 19. I don't know. And I weighed like a buck 40 soaking wet. And there were so many people packed in this spot. I was climbing up on the, the speakers on the side, diving off would roll around on top of people and just go back over to the speakers and then dive again and dive again and dive again. It was <laughs> fucking awesome. So, um, their records are good. They have a seven inch and a 10 inch. This 10 inch is better. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the One Hit Thunder or were nothing more than a One Hit Blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods. If I'm listening to Tony Urba bands on record, it's Nine Shocks. If I'm listening to Tony Urba singer bands he sings in, uh, I'm listening to Face Value. But if I'm thinking about seeing Tony Urba Band, I'm thinking about seeing Gordon Sully motherfuckers. They were so good. Like, uh, I, I can't even, like, I can't do those shows justice other than to say those are easily 20 years ago. And I'm getting excited now as a very adult person thinking about it. <laughs> so uh, shout out to Cleveland, Cleveland Rock. I always saw those bands as like the, like, it's probably wrong, but like, uh-huh. Of the Rambo ilk. So like it was Rambo, Ultimate Warriors, all stuff that I'm like, all right. It's weird. So, it's crazy for the sake of being crazy. Right. Gordon Soley, it became, it was less. So Rambo, man, I, I, I shit on Rambo all the time. I, but, but I will say this. Rambo were kind of in on it more so than maybe other bands. Like, they were all they were part of the assembly squad building the cardboard swords and shields, you know? <laughs> right. Where, and the and the tanks and whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, yo, man, you might have just heard that and been like, damn, that sounds cool. If it if you thought that, uh, go see Rambo. You you might have the time of your life. Um, if you heard that and went, damn, that sounds weak as hell. Uh, don't put that on uh, a band like Gordon Soli. Gordon Soli's show went, it was just people being crazy and doing crazy stuff. The Easter show specifically. All right. So the Easter show, uh, I'll do it. I'll do the two minute version of this. Um, Timmy No Justice was moshing on top of Ian Dixon's car. Ian Dixon being someone who booked a bunch of shows in New York for a very long time. Shout out to our buddy, Ian. Hey, yeah. Timmy was moshing on top of Ian's car because. A woman 
uh, had caught her significant other, boyfriend, whatever, baby daddy, whatever, cheating on her, I believe, and was proceeding to just beat his ass in the street. Um, so he was so excited. He started moshing on top of Ian's car, then moshed through the front windshield, cracked his windshield. Um, it was easily one of the most depressing days of my life until the show started. Like it was Easter Sunday. Everybody had just left Chicago Fest 2000. It was an awesome show. Like the furthest East that Life's Hall, what happens next, had made it uh, one of the very first Limpress shows, and it was crazy. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it was just a wild show where I saw every band from from Ensign to 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 like Ruination get insane reactions. Um, so coming off of that was like, oh, we're gonna play Cleveland. Show up, the city feels abandoned, and it's Cleveland, and. <laughs> And so then there's this weird explosion of energy during Gordon Soli where all of a sudden, like, people are bringing giant potted plants from the street and smashing them in the show. And, like, wait, where did those tires come from that are being thrown around? And there's fireworks and, like, smoke bombs and all this crazy shit. Um, it, it It was certainly performative but it was a different energy than Rambo. If that sort of makes sense. Um, And then the last show really wasn't that the last show was just like crazy pack sold out hardcore show where people are stage diving to this crazy band. So shout out. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Someone booked nine shocks terror in 2022. I will go. Um, Wow. All right. Maybe, maybe they come to Asbury park. Let's fucking do this. Tom hit me. What's your next one? All right. I'm going to go, go your way and I'm going to double up, double up. Same era, same area. Ooh, okay. Um, one more adjacent than the other. But uh, on my list for, for um, the Twin Cities, we're going to go Husker Du and the replacements. Okay. Um, one is on my list. The other is not. Which is, which is on my list, which is not? Husker Du is definitely on your list. They are on my list. Replacements are not. Replacements are an incredible band. I'm just like, I'm not a replacements poser. I just don't go to the records the way I'd like to. So it's like, I'm like, oh, uh, can't hardly wait. Incredible song, you know? Like, yeah. So I mean, I think they're in. more like listenable sometimes in Who's Could Do. I don't think I'd argue that. Um, so like if it's like, I want some like Midwest, mid 80s, like punk adjacent rock. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you, you go a little further afield and you, and you go. You go for replacements, scratch that itch, you know, mm. the pleasant yeah. punk. You know what I mean? It's like palatable. You could play the replacements in your office anytime, I think. Yeah. And I mean, some people are like, oh, I know this song or like can't hardly wait. I remember the movie. Yes. <laughs> Goddamn right. One of the best movies ever fucking made. Really um, good. Great. Cinema. But yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, either. Ba- I mean, who's going to do? I think um, what they ended up becoming towards the end and you know, Bob Mould going into sugar and then his own solo stuff. Yeah. Unbeatable. Like one of the best um, songwriters that we, that, that the, uh, that punk has ever had. So I was going to actually ask you this with, yeah. with who's do. Do you like sugar more easily? 
Yeah, then let's put yeah, Copper on. Blue is like one of my favorite records ever. Right. Yeah. Full stop. Like, yeah, like okay. Yeah, sugar. Put them on this list. That's a good one. Um they're heavy. Sugar's kind of heavy. I need to give that record another listen. I think Dude, Copper I Blue listened. is like the yeah. best of like anything you like from Husker Do. I feel like Copper Blue is like that and more. Wow. That's a huge endorsement. Okay. It's it's literally it's like all time one of my favorite records and like top five rock records for me. Um Husker Do was doing stuff in the mid eighties that I think you can hear in title fight uh, in the early title fight records. I don't know that it's intentional, but I can hear it. I think Husker no. do influence shit like Sam. I am and lifetime lifetime. I mean, and lifetime covered them. Yeah. And, and like even like post hardcore bands with a sense of melody melody in the early nineties. Yeah. You know, maybe not helmet, maybe not bands who are more on the, the, the bassy side, but, any w- who got into some senior stuff, even when when Quicksand starts leaning in um, towards the end with like the unreleased demos type stuff or like the comp tracks, you know, shovel. Like, I think Husker Du was doing stuff um, <sighs> that just set the path for a large swath of punk and indie punk and pop punk and even melodic hardcore. Yeah, and you you're you you made a great note the replacements might be more listenable than who's could do all the time i think that's true i think they're just uh, the replacements are a drunk rock like they happen to be like punk kids in a bar band yeah they're they're like punk pop punk like they're or like pop pop punk something like that you know like they're pop like power pop almost yeah Yeah, yes exactly they're they're kind of post they're mid-80s power pop um they there's no reason your aunt couldn't like them whereas Husker do a little more angular a little more moody um in a funny way and it's funny to say that because i think they're so tuneful like the song the song pink turns to blue like that's really grown on me a lot and it's like one of my go-tos um so yeah i i think Husker do is phenomenal band here's my question and I think we maybe talked about it, but we didn't totally. Are they a hardcore band or are they adjacent to hardcore? I mean, I think they started as a hardcore band. Yeah. That's, They're on I SST. Think, and I think Metal Circus and everything before that, the like singles, that's all land speed record. Um, I think that stuff you could all say, yeah, that's hardcore. And it's, you know, it's getting some melody. It's, you know, I mean, Metal Circus is seven songs in 18 minutes. Right. I think once you get into Zen Arcade, um, things start to be very clearly a different style, like not post-hardcore in the way we typically define it, but it's, you know, it's American post-punk. I don't know. Um, uh, Early, you know, mid-80s post-hardcore. It's what they were doing when they were like, oh, okay, cool. We're going to evolve our sound now. Um. But that's where I, you know, Zen Arcade, uh, Candy Apple Gray, I love. Flip Your yeah. wig, Wigs, got some tracks. like So So that, they've kind of really grown on me. All right. Copper Blue is on my list to really do some earworming with. Um, and the replacements, I just, you know, there's one other band that I saddle right up next to the replacements that I will mention in the honorable mentions. And you might right. have them in your list. Um, 
to go a little more modern, but still not very modern. Tom, we're we're fucking gray hairs. Today. I have a modern band on here. Okay, good, good. good. Uh, Los Crudos. They were on my list. Okay, great. Um, Tom, can I just say this? Obviously, very important. Political. Um, Chicago band. Uh, Hispanic, Latino, you know, like just yep. made that a thing, made you aware of it. I mean, almost all their songs fully in Spanish. Um, yo, um, they were just a superior fast hardcore band too. Like they were just better than almost all the other bands of the time playing yeah. fast hardcore in a time where you know, if you look around the, the, the country in 1994, 95, 96, 97, uh, there's some, there's some good stuff. There's some, some not so good stuff, but Los Crudos were just better. They just were better. And, um, Martin is a superior frontman too. So, um, and it's if, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, have you at like, they're one of those bands that are like, so tied to their city. Yep. Like, I feel like they're as like Chicago hardcore as like fucking, you know, Mad Bulls, New York hardcore. Like, you know what I mean? Like those bands could not exist if they weren't from their towns. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If they existed from you know what I'm saying? Like, space. Yeah, they'd be radically different. Right. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. So Los Crudos, if you haven't listened to them in a while, listen to them. If you've never heard them, uh, check out maybe the best fast hardcore band of the 90s. Unbelievable, like un unbelievable, and the stuff that they did, like to keep you know, like punk, like alive and and thir- like flourishing in in Chicago and in like the Pilsen area in Chicago and stuff like that. I was talking to our friend, our buddy David Anthony, yes, who's my uh, Chicago uh, confidant, um, and you know, kind of running stuff by, and, and he was like, the only bands that I could think of people bringing up, but like it was more like for Chicago that were more for like. The like kind of the uh, the 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 sizzle more than the steak would be okay. Bronson Charles Bronson mm-hmm. or Race Trader, mm. but they're more both bands are more well known for the for for not their music and not in a bad way. No 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 that's one hundred percent true. No question no question about it. I mean like I feel like Charles Bronson's known for being like like the band that fucked with everybody. Yes, uh, more than like someone can name five fucking Charles Bronson songs. If you can name their songs, it's because you think they're very clever songs. Um, and and some of them are are pretty clever. Um, they were they really like doing the fun, like random, um, record pressings, weird stuff. They were all into that. Their LP, which is uh called Youth Attack, but it was actually put out by Langua Armada, Martin's label. Um, had the uh, was it the metal version? Oh my gosh, I gotta find it. Um, the only rare version of it, oh, fuck, it had like a metal cover, I believe. Let's see this. I'm trying to find the description of it. Um, yes, okay. Um, um, clear vinyl nestled in red velvet and silk screen soft metal cover. Um, supposedly pressing of 333 each hand numbered out of 330 each hand numbered 334 uh, blah 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 uh, although it's claimed only about 100 to 150 were actually assembled they also had v- quote unquote virgin center labels aka 
the center labels didn't have the hole poked through them. Oh Jesus Christ! So that then you know if you were a true record collector, well you don't want to you don't want to poke the the record, and that was oh, a record God. that like when it came out was going for well over a hundred dollars. I think it's right now. I'm looking at Discogs. It's the median price is 187. That's <laughs> probably not bad on the inflation. <laughs> so um, yeah, uh, you know Los Crudos is to to people who like faster hardcore i think they are the chicago band you know um and maybe there's people down the line who who might cite other stuff might cite weekend nachos um might cite harm's way you know what i mean the killer yep the killer and and then you go to the heavier side which i think the killer uh karma's getting there um so um yeah but i think even all those bands would be hesitant to not even if they didn't like crudos they have to name check it and nod at it like yeah 100 yeah, percent. no it's uh, uh, it's, uh <laughs> it's weird because um they're one of those bands that i just think you could feel their political like nature and it kind of exuded from them and sometimes that overshadows the actual just quality of the music which is awesome but that's a good thing like los crudos right. made a bunch of white kids in suburbia across the country uh, listen to politically charged, activated, urban, Hispanic young people talk about their lives and their struggles and all the bullshit they've had to deal with purely because of the color of their skin um, and right, right, and their perspective. And I think that's a huge positive. So shout out to Crudos and shout out to yeah, the Chicago's most me, important hardcore band. Yeah, I mean, and like to be, I mean, to be fair, Race Trader did a lot of that stuff too. Oh, sure, 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 sure. You know what I mean? Like, and that band was even more like, what the fuck? At the time, mm-hmm. when everyone was like a fucking white bread dude, a fucking in a collared shirt in that scene, and that they were scene, like, hundred percent. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, it's it was like such a shock to the system. So, I mean, props to them too. But yeah, I think okay. overall, you'd have to go for for Crudos. Yeah. All right. So. Here, what do we go? Are we going to Jace or are we going current? Do you want to go current? Give us current. Let's let's bring ourselves up to speed. All right, here's a band that of all the bands we've mentioned so far, I would go to as far to say they might be the second biggest band we're talking about. Oh, okay. Um, and we're going back to Louisville. You can't talk about the Midwest without Knock Loose, man. No, you can't. They're the big, I mean, other than the replacements, they're the biggest band we mentioned. Think about it. Oh, they're bringing that integrity. Yeah, no, I mean, so negative approach probably gets name checked more. Uh, Knock loose plays to more people um, every night than they're on a festival. Has yeah, they're on a festival. All the bands we've mentioned so far, who plays after them? Yeah, nobody. No question. Replacements. Maybe. Yeah. You're, no, I mean, they the played like arenas, like when they did sure, arenas. Sure, sure, sure. But other yeah, than yeah, that. Yeah. But I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> the replacements fans are very scared during the knock loose set. What the fuck's going on? <laughs> uh, that's, that's, a, it's, um, replacements knock loose headlining Midwest, uh, fest is a, uh, true parent and kid event, I think. So, you um, hear that riot fest? If you really want to, like, make everyone happy, co headliner. Riot Fest Saturday night, replacements and not loose 
<laughs> knocked loose second to last replacements last. Let's get Bob Mould in the mix. Yeah, we're, we're suggesting a cool thing here. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be a good fit. I mean, I think yeah. th- their impact and like at a time when being from the Midwest wasn't the coolest thing in the world. Um, yeah. They kind of put it on their back and made it a thing. Yeah, they really did. So, I mean, regardless of what you think of the music or whatever, like if there's you can't overlook them because I feel like, you, you know, know they, they, if I it mean, wasn't for Turnstile, they'd be the most talked about band in oh, and most if heavy music was a little different. We would be talking about them even more. You know what I mean? I think if if we are each a decade younger doing this yes. podcast, maybe yeah. we're just talking about Knock Loose, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, I think you see these videos and stuff. It's like everywhere it's not like ah well you know that tuesday night and fucking wherever in ames iowa was a little iffy no there's still hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids there too like they don't they don't miss it's crazy they're converting kids to at least knock loose if not all the way in a hardcore but like getting probably one of the biggest gateway bands of all time and we'll see what that impact is but like they're the hardcore band who I think, you know, and like, I, you know, I'm not, their, their music's not really my, my bag, but like you see them, you hear their music in 2021, they are a hardcore band. Yep. They don't go out and play games. They're not on some, like, let me get dressed up. Here's some makeup, ba 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 nonsense. But I, they go play not fest. There's kids, there's worms leaving that show, knocked loose fans and thinking, maybe I don't need to have these pants on. Maybe I should. Those dudes just look like they're going out and rocking what they do. All right. Right. What's that band shirt that dude was wearing? Like they are gateways. They all rap. They all rap. Yeah. They're gatewaying a lot of kids into hardcore. And uh, I think that's like, like indisputable, like no question. Yeah, um, I mean, the only band that I could think of that was, I mean, there are two. There's Hatebreed yep. and it's Biohazard in the last fucking 30 years. Yeah. That have been that much of like a gateway band to me. No, I think you're right. Hatebreed. Right? I mean, who else? Yeah. Like of a band know. of like huge that were like, you know, kids that were going to see Hatebreed open for, for fucking Slipknot are now fucking, you know, rocking fucking 100 even shirts. Right. Right. Like, yeah. it, you know what I mean? And Biohazard was the gateway band for like mine. Like, I mean, anyone lot, past man. like 1990. Mm-hmm. That was and like, that's how you got into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean? I mean, huge, you know? So, yeah, no, shout out to those dudes. We should have them both back on. We've had Isaac. Back Would on. love to have them both, both back on. Yeah, that's a good idea. All right. Let's put it on the list. Well, so I'll talk to their uh, manager, see what he can do for us. <laughs> shout out. Um, shout out Vitalo. All right. Um, I'm going to hit uh, maybe so negative approach is the goat, but um, the Scotty Pippen to their Michael Jordan is the Necros. Um, and here's the problem. The, here's the problem for the Necros. Uh, because of internal band beef, these records have never been repressed or reissued. They've been bootlegged a bunch. Tom, sure. The, the Conquest for Death LP is fucking. It's classic Midwest hardcore. It's it's just a touch weirder. Like it's not meat and potatoes. Like uh, it's 
So whereas negative approach is more like the abused, necros are somewhere between urban. They're kind of urban wasty. Um, they've got sharp guitars, pissed off vocals, but that are more snarling than gruff like Brandon. Um, and, and they get not snotty, but like more biting if that works. Um, and the the tone on the Conquest for Death LP is perfect to me. I think it's like one of the best sounding hardcore records of all time. Um, it is worth the YouTube uh, Necros Conquest for Death <laughs> full album listen. And and it's like, yo, that's a pain in the ass. Someone needs to figure out how to. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, I'll send you a link. There may or may not be a secret Necros band camp that made this uh, possible to listen to. Um, oh well, because yeah, I was just looking not at understood if it's legit or not, and uh, it was shared to me in a way as to hey, let's not blow up this spot. So got it. Uh, everybody who's listening, keep that quiet and let's not yeah. blow up that spot. Yeah, they have eleven songs on streaming, but ambionic sound and clubhouse session. So this is probably nothing. No, not and not it's like one of those bands that like I've heard on like mixtapes over the years of like hardcore, you know, like for sure, or, like they'd be playing, but like total fucking blind spot because like the people that i grew up with that got me into some stuff yeah like necros weren't on the list no no they're not on the list no but here's the thing negative approach total recall right that discography cd meant a lot for a lot of people made it accessible Mm -hmm. necros never got that treatment as we've discussed like yo it's just harder to hear i think they um they're the other pillar to me of touch and go. It's wow. Negative approach, necros. And like, if you catch me on a weird day and I just said tied down top 15, 20 LP, you catch me on a weird and I love it. Like I'll talk to somebody about tied down all day. Catch me on a weird day. And I might say conquest for death is as good. Maybe, maybe better. It's right there. Wow. I, I wow. love conquest for death. So uh, yeah. And the necros. I will. Maumee, Ohio. The only, uh, the only one I can think of. Uh, there's, there's other bands from Ohio from the eighties and obviously through the nineties, um, and into the two thousands and all that. Um, but Necros weren't from Detroit. No. Necros I always thought of them as a Michigan band. No. So Maumee is right outside of Toledo, I believe. Oh, so it's like, it's right Michigan. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, this is a very good, donut place in Maumee that I've now been to three times. So um, I, I'm like a regular. Uh, so um, wh- who's up next? It's me. Go. All right. I have um, one, two, three, four, five. I have f- five left. Well, I have three. Let's just do like one hitters because we're, we're starting to drag here on time. Sure. Okay. Um, yeah. I, four are Jace and one is like still hardcore. Oh, okay. So, all right. We'll do my hardcore now and then we'll, I'll, I'll tie together the Jace. Excellent. How's that? Sounds great. All right. For my last hardcore pick, Coalesce. Okay. I was relying on you for some of the Midwest more metally stuff. Yeah. So, Coalesce, go in. Yeah. I mean, I think they were, you know, from fucking Kansas City, middle of nowhere, um, signed to uh, Earache. Like relatively early on, um, kind of weird, like all, a band that could only come from where they came from, right? 
sort of, you know, on that, not as kind of chaotic, very chaotic, but not, not on the Dillinger converge end of chaos. Right. More slow and kind of grind, like droney almost. Um, their shows were like infamous back in the day. Um, just like legit chaos. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, just, yeah. I mean, like, I think, Do you think they've gotten lost in the sands a little bit. It, you know what? They've become more of like a fucking, like a, like a door guy band. Oh yeah. And it sucks because like, I feel like if you like, you know, if you like fucking Jesus piece, you would probably see Cole and be like, God damn. Okay. Right. So, but I don't know if that would ever stuff. happen. Yeah. You know, like they toured and they played like, like New York probably within the last 10 years. And it was like, Oh, it's like the guy from murder city devils, like weird band is opening. Like, or like, you know, there were, it wasn't like, you know, them and any remotely like current hardcore bands. It was them and like weirder kind of noisier stuff, which is fine. I mean, whatever it's their choice. They can do whatever the fuck they want. Totally. But, but you're going, Oh wait, hardcore and metalcore type stuff has kind of actually moved towards your sound. You would probably do pretty well playing with yeah. a few of those bands. Uh, I mean, they yeah. still killed it. I mean, their show was like sold out of it, but like, sure. I remember meeting them, uh, through a mutual, our mutual friend, uh, Lou Hawk. Oh, okay. Sure. That's cool. Lou worked for earache at the time. Oh, that's cool. And we were going to a show and he goes, I want you to come see this band. He's like, they're the heaviest straight edge band of all time. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now. Okay. And I remember being like, all right. And like we met up and they were playing the limelight in front of like no and the limelight was a very big venue in the city. Yes. It was like a dance club, but like the main room was like had to be almost like a thousand people. They were playing in front of maybe 50. It was like very like industry. Mm-hmm. Uh I remember the guitar player was like, you know, flailing and doing what you know <laughs> they do at hardcore shows, and he yeah. fell off the stage. Oh. And a funny part of the story that you'll enjoy. So um, I became friendly, you know, like we, when I met up with Lou and uh, talking to Sean Ingram, who's a singer from Coalesce, we were talking the I had um, a, um, uh, all of all of Indecision was working at um, Roadrunner, Roadrunner at the time. Right, not right, me. Right. Yes. So Everyone we had um, we had tapes of uh, Mantra. Oh, wow. So we were talking about Shelter outside the show. Whenever I was like, dude, you got to listen to this song. I'm like, there's a song in here that sounds like it could be a Youth of Today song. And he's like, what? I'm like, dude, Ray even does the Ray voice. And I remember like sitting outside with my like yellow fucking Sony Walkman. Yeah. And like playing him mantra. And he's like, yo, this is actually really good. I go, I know. 
<laughs> but like they were always like we were always like friendly with them got to play with them a ton but like i think they were like un- incredibly heavy um you know and and kind of got lost sometimes in the sauce yeah like because they didn't tours but they didn't go on as long as converge did and kind of got a whole new crop of new fans and and you know or like you know, dillinger got bigger or like right that you know, they're that in the matters. botch area they're yeah. in the botch narrows area that like for a time they were the biggest thing going and now yeah they you know i mean it's a testament to the bands who did do those things like converge i think converge is a great example because they just did more records and their sound evolved and they kept in front of people a little more um and you know that's not to dismiss like their seminal work you know like but it is to say like hey they kept it moving and if you don't do that it can get really easy it can become easy to slip out of slip out of rotation for people which is weird you know what i mean but it certainly happens yeah i mean i think converge has more fans that are like here for the new shit than want to hear the saddest day they've done like a full turnover right 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 it's gone through they've turned their fans which is incredible. That's wild. Yes. Good point. Wow. Um, you know, and in the late nineties, coalesce was one of the bands you mentioned, you know, it's like, Oh, you know, like stuff like converge coalesce cave in, like they were in that mix. So, um, all right. Uh, my next one really quick, zero boys, um, Indianapolis right. punk hardcore band, uh, their LP vicious circle is. It's like perfect. It's a perfect punk hardcore record. Tom, if I played it for you and said, oh, this is a lost, like uh, this is a bunch of dudes who were going to the Danger House Golden Voice LA punk shows in 79, but then wanted to do a hardcore band in 80, 81 that was halfway between Circle Jerks and Adolescence. That's this record, except they're from Indianapolis. I didn't realize they were from Indiana. That's weird. Yeah, yo, I mean, the record is incredible. Um, toured a bit in so much as you'll actually see Zero Boys on like some crazy flyers. It's, it's like, oh, uh, this Torrance LA show that they played with uh, Dead Kennedys and Minor Threat and the Zero Boys from Indianapolis. Like, what? What? This record also, like, it's one of these things. Tom, this was a blind spot to me until like the mid 2000s when I think the No Way Records scene kind of like picked up on this record and really brought it to light. I think it got reissued around the time. And I was like, yo, how did I miss this? Like, I'm a total nerd for all this shit. And I heard it. I'm like, yo, this is awesome. Like anthemic, memorable, fast, little snotty, but not in that shitty way. No, no fake accents put on. Just like fast hardcore it's on all the streaming services um and the singer i think maybe main songwriter from the band also has like a very prolific um producing career that includes like john mellencamp afghan wigs the fray like all this shit he's done so um uh i believe the uh the hives cover a song off this record like on one really? of the records. Yeah. Yeah. I know that. Yo, when you, this is the one record band on this list that I'm saying, yo, you got to hear this record. Cause you'll like it a lot. You'll be like, Oh Jesus, this is just early eighties punk hardcore. 
that has that classic feel, but it's memorable and catchy. Whereas certain certain stuff, you know, it washes over you. This record is a keeper. Duly noted. They, I, I was funny. You bring this up. Um, Tim has like been posting a bunch of stuff on Ensign's like Instagram, mm-hmm. and I guess they played with Zero Boys in 2005 okay. at CBs. Yes, yes, they played a bunch of those CBs uh, reunion shows. Like oh, the, so it was like Hyman Holocaust, which was a band. Ooh. Apparently, a- a- Hyman Holocaust, Ensign, Fearless Vampire Killers, which was JJ, yep. and the Zero Boys. That's a fucking show. It's a show. Yo, CBs had such a lineage of like regrettable openers. And like with terrible ass names, you know what I mean? Like just shit. Um, my last one, let me do my last one because you're three sure. Jace, so you can string together. Um, and like they were favorite Midwest bands. This band, it's a seven inch. This is the best Midwest seven inch. Um, I'm gonna say it. I think this is the best Midwest hardcore seven inch outside of negative approach. Um, the band is the state and the record is no illusions. This was one that I got into in the early two thousands. Um, people who aren't familiar, there were these, there are, there were these comps called killed by death. Um, they were vinyl comps that collected rare singles from like obscure, rare punk power pop international stuff. Um, regional stuff too. They do like killed by the location, highlighting singles and tracks that just were hard to find anywhere. And it was kind of like this: Hey, maybe someone only pressed two hundred copies of a, a seven inch, but the A side is actually really good. So they did these killed by death comps in the early two thousands, and they were not. They were bootlegs. You know, uh, they certainly weren't like authorized all the time. Um, in the early 2000s, someone started doing killed by hardcore comps. That's where I learned about this band, State. Um, and the seven inch is just awesome. Um, uh, makes me think of Black Flag, but if Black Flag was from the Midwest, if it's somewhere between um, Black Flag damage. If Black Flag damage was concise and focused onto a seven inch that was written by Midwest hardcore kids, put a seven inch out on touch and go did not come out on touch and go. Uh, but it's a, uh, it's just classic hardcore. And it's like when I haven't listened to it a while and I put it on, I'm like, Oh my God, this record rips. Like it deserves a place at the table with all the early classic, like 87 inches. So uh, wow. the state, that's my, uh, yeah, these, those lot. are two records. I think, Zero Boys, Vicious Circle, and The State, No Illusions. Tom, I would actually be super surprised if you didn't like those. Oh, and uh, I didn't mention Dykroitz and uh, self-titled uh, Maniac Music. You have to hear it. All right. Give me your three adjacements. There's actually four, but I'll go oh, four. Really, go really go four. Go four. And then we're no, but they're all then. They're all from the area. They're all from the same general area. So we're going to go Alcon Trio. Mm-hmm. They're a Jace. They're hardcore kids that play punk from Chicago. Pretty good band. You might like them. Um, <laughs> when I was going through and trying to pick a uh, band from every state, Wisconsin, I struggled. Um, but these were also hardcore kids that decided to try to do something different. The Promise Ring. Oh, yeah. Just a little band. A little band. But they were hardcore kids that, like, you know, played hardcore shows. And yep. at the time, like, if you guys were if you were around for this shit, like, 
this was like pervasive in hardcore. All these bands like were oh, like, yeah. you know, and I was telling, I was like, at the time, I thought the problem string was a little too cute for me mm-hmm. in 1997 or whatever. And I was like, I don't really certainly you know, not really. Yeah. I came around to it in my older age, but like at the mm-hmm. time, I was like, this is way too sweet. Um, <laughs> coalesce adjacent the get up kids on my honorable um, mentions for sure incredible band one of the best band of that style full stop um and then another hardcore band trying to do something different from louisville kentucky elliot oh good poll i completely spaced on elliot because I mean, they're not, I mean, because it's not, but they are like, it's weird. They were hardcore kids. hundred percent. Those are, they definitely cool. were, but like, yeah. were they a punk it's, band playing piano? Probably. Yeah. Adjacent. They came from those chops and like, um, really it's like they would have been Russian circles if they stuck around for two years and might've been bigger, you know, false cathedrals was like this unbelievable low key mammoth of a record um so if you like stuff i think the record after that t- gets a little even more like airy u.s songs u.s uh or called in the air uh the, the, the that one um u.s songs is a little more not rocking but like to me u.s songs and and false cathedrals are probably like the like hey these are midwest emo like you gotta listen to these and then the record after starts to oh, get song in the air not called song in the air, in the air almost gets to like not ambient but it's very light and you realize like oh they could have gotten into a different world with this direction and just it was too early yeah oh 100 just just a little too early all right um i got a bunch of quick hit uh honorable mentions tom before i go you didn't have a ton of like more the uh midwestern metalcore stuff i have two that i want to do as honorable mentions okay let's hear them I mean, you, you know, the late 90s, very influential bands um, from the same town. Got to go harvest Disembodied. Yes. Right. Incredibly important. Like Disembodied is literally the most ripped off band in, in heavy hardcore right? and like metalcore right now. Right. And have been since since Code Orange. <laughs> Honestly. I mean, yes, it's one of those things where you inspire one band who then that influence lasts light years beyond you and you could go yep. hey that that was that was them actually so um all right uh, uh you mentioned them but they deserve another honorable mention endpoint relevant for louisville i think in a time of hate is a cool record i don't go back to it i think it's just one of those things where i thought by the grace of god was just better so when i do listen to it i'm like oh yeah i like these songs i like i have a warmth towards them if, if by the grace of God is just, if you'd like something that's 15% more late eighties revelation style, go to endpoint. Um, naked Ray gun. Yeah. I talked about that with Dave, David. So I am, I like naked Ray gun. I'm just not a full fledged fan. You know, um, that was my point. Like, they're obviously very important. Yep. But it's like, if I, I didn't want to pose hard and be like, Bro, right, naked ray gun, yeah, yeah. Like, we or don't fucking think articles of faith, here. man. Now, I will say, well, an article of faith is on my, I, I will note, um, on, on recent listens, I'm like, man, there's some like DC type stuff going on here, like that mid 80s DC. I can hear it's like, oh, wait, did Rights of Spring pull a little bit from the articles of faith basket? Maybe, um. 
what I want to tell people is if you're a naked ray gun fan, or if you're not, and you're a dag nasty fan, or if you're a dag nasty fan and naked ray gun fan, um, listen to the naked ray gun song rat patrol, and then listen to the dag nasty song off. Can I say thin line? Uh, there's a little bit, there's a little bit of a, a rift lift that I think, uh, well, Jamie Hapery going, Oz goes, Dan's goes. Yeah, like that. yeah, I might, I might want to. Brian Baker might need to go woo, woo, woo for that. <laughs> um, the effigies, another next to Articles of Faith, Chicago hardcore band, uh, late '90s. I want to shout out Committed from Cleveland. Uh, the Committed demo when it came out in like '98. Uh, was kind of like this like <laughs> beacon of hope for straight edge, clean cut straight edge kids. Like, oh my God, all right. There's got to be more bands like Floor Punch and Ten Yard Fight and, and Fast Breaking in my eyes. And uh, they were kind of like part of the second wave that never totally crested, but that demo is really good. Um, I still really like it. I listened to it today. Uh, the Grudge Match 7-inch, um, little bit more cleveland but still in that kind of committed world uh can't believe that's not on streaming what are we doing folks tom have you ever heard the band from chicago cavalry no okay um the record is outnumbered is outflanked it is really good um how do i explain it it's like melodic hardcore but that also heard wire and so it's a little more punk but with really good song structures i might complain and say the songs are a little bit too long but i have the attention span of a gnat uh but it's awesome like came out in like 2000 2001 2002 and uh yeah like they kind of they have a small almost like cult love they have a paltry amount of monthly Spotify listeners. I hope everyone gives that record a check, chance. Cavalry, outnumbered is outflanked. Cool record. Um, you said the replacements, the Get Up Kids. Tom, we did not mention Ringworm. They were on my list to begin. Okay. And they just got bumped. And then I thought, huh? They got bumped. Yeah, because I feel like if I had, to, I didn't want to go too heavy on, and I knew you were going to pick some Clevo, like yeah, those yeah. bands. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to be fair. Um, <laughs> you want to share the love. I get it. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you had to, like, Integrity Ringworm pulling from the same branch, mm. I figured I'd just give it to Integrity. Yeah. Uh, credit to Ringworm for continuing, and their branch goes a different direction than Integrity's. We got to find a year in the 2000s where they both put out a record like within a year of each other and compare the two. So I think that'd be a fun exercise. I mean, probably Latter Day Ringworm is better than Latter Day Integrity. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Uh, yeah, but it's hard to say, you know, we didn't mention Cold as Life, which oh, I for a huge of- part of the scene is, yeah. is a huge, 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 huge influential band. Um, recently, and this is... Uh, I have to give credit to to people. You know, an old friend of mine said this um, when he was listening to Cold. It was probably f- not 15 years ago, but very close to 15 years ago. He's listening to Cold as Life. I'm like, you like Cold as Life? What? And this is like a more punk. This dude's more. Uh, this dude's more freedom than he is never ending game. Let's say it sure, like that. Sure. And he's like, nah, man. The demos it sounds like negative approach. 
doesn't totally sound like negative approach, but it also doesn't not. Uh, so right. if you That's 80s, right, if you don't like Born to Land Hard, check out the demos before that. It might it might scratch an itch that you didn't know you had. <laughs> um, how about Threadbare? Mm, good call. I totally I biffed on them. Yeah. Uh, we show them a underrated. bit of love. Yeah, we show them a bit of love. I think both Patrick and I like them in a weird way. Um, cool. Uh, another one. They're they're more on the like Tom. They're metallic, right? They're not. I wouldn't call them metalcore, but they're metallic hardcore. Is that fair? Yeah. Metallic. Oh yeah, these hardcore. Yeah, but I think that's a, the problem is that they're not. They're heavy and weird. Yep. But they're like too heavy for one side of the coin and too weird for the other side. Yeah, that's that's a good one. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're like you go see them, you're like, oh, this is really good. But it's like, what do I do to this? Uh, I think that's that's the ultimate question in hardcore. What do I do to this? You either got to be able to stage dive. You got to sing along or you got to mosh. If you don't have one of those three things going at any one time. It's a tough road to hoe. I'm just gonna say. Yeah. If you get all three going in one song, you're a fucking Ooh. mate person. Yes, you are. Um, the band Life Sentence from Chicago, uh, maybe the only band from Chicago who I would say, yeah, they're a little bit like Uniform Choice and Seven Seconds. Like Wild yeah. Tom, they sound more like an Orange County mm-hmm. hardcore band than they yeah. do any of the Midwest stuff. It's really good. I had this LP. I think I still own it. I haven't listened to it in a long time. I put it on today. I was like, oh, shit. This is better than I remember it. Um, dude's vocals are not quite Pat Dubar, but in that very clear vocal kind of tone. And some of his cadence is that like Kevin Seconds thing. So shout out. Uh, we mentioned Face Value. Um, I don't know if Limp Risk counts themselves as a Chicago band, but important band for a lot of people and again not unlike Los Crudos because they lean more with some of their conversation and what they're about and their identity than their music their music gets overshadowed and Limpress actually has some pretty good songs like just yeah. good tracks agree. Um, I never got super into the crusty stuff in the Midwest but Minneapolis had a pretty crazy crust scene code 13 uh, state of fear despite actually being f- originating in Torrington, Connecticut. Um, do uh, they do rep Minneapolis? So shout out to them. And then the only other ones I would say is the Chicago uh, had a little bump up in the early 2000s with 14 or fight punch in the face. And this band wound up. And I, I thought all three of those were just kind of like, Hey, we're doing Midwest hardcore, like the Midwest cardiac arrest. A few years later, we're doing that in St. Louis. So, um yeah man the midwest any others that we forgot oh yo shout out to automatic from louisville uh really like that band first seven inches uh the best dag nasty hardcore ish stuff outside of dag nasty you got anything no i think i mean yeah, i we did an yeah, awful I mean, lot of midwest yeah yeah i mean we went further than i thought we would <laughs> i was like Struggling to keep it to 12, but yeah. Yo, shout out to the Midwest. We love you. We'll do more. Uh, Give us your thoughts and feedback. Uh, We miss you, Patrick. Have a good night, everybody. A little bit. Later.